Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. That's him. And this week is no exception as we roll into episode 210 of the uh, the journey and we're going to infinity and beyond to look at Toy Story and the new release Lightyear which has just come out on Disney Plus. So we're going to look at the 27 year saga which spans four movies, the spin-off, various shorts, Halloween and Christmas specials as well. I'm excited, James. I'm I was born excited, mate. This this film is a generational thing. It's our childhood. It's the next people's childhood. It's the death of death of innocence, mate, in one of them films. It is heartbreaking. They are such an epic set of movies. And it's to the it answers the the age-old question, how does Tim Allen still get work somehow? <laughs> Especially with Disney. Especially with Disney. Notoriously, do not hire criminals, but fucking Tim, Tim Allen with your massive drugs arrests at your grant. Yeah. Please, please start our family show. <laughs> if you like it, this episode, don't forget to uh, subscribe. You get a new episode each and every week on a Monday morning. But of course, you can listen to it whenever you like. We've done all sorts of episodes over the last 200 uh, shows. So everything from director specials to spin-offs. You know, we've done some really exciting ones recently, like Mad Max and Waterworld. So there's a dystopian future that we could all be facing. Uh, but we've done everything from the Hunger Games to Spielberg, Christmas movies to Die Hard, um, Halloween specials, and anything in between. But I think Toy Story's been a long time coming, and certainly Toy Story 4 we have talked about on the podcast yeah. because it came out when we, uh, I don't know, did episode 80, just well, a stab in the dark there. I'm fairly certain in like episode 53 when we went to our second uh, second series, we started talking about sequels that might be better than the original fairly certain someone must have made an argument for Toy Story 2, which is probably seen as not only one of the best animated films of all time, one of the best films ever made. And I would go as far as to say the four Toy Story movies are, I don't, I can't think of another series of films that's got to the fourth and has been as brilliant as these four. Just a good shout out. There's very, very rarely do people break the three. Yeah. Because you start getting, you start, your quality is diminished. You tell a good story, a tight story, usually in three films. It's not always the third film's one that likes it. Toy Story, people, the thing is, people are listening to this screaming going, no, they prefer three. They prefer four. They prefer the magic of the first one. They believe, they, they you know, they were kids and they saw this film and they left their bedroom and they quickly opened the door and I like, do my toys, you know, still doing anything. I half expected to walk in and see my Terminator beating the piss out of, I know, a dinosaur. I had dinosaurs and Terminators as toys. Did you write James on the on the feet of your toys? No, because that's just stupid. Because <laughs> James, yeah, what about if someone nicked him? Yeah, but then, what I don't understand is, I want, I, all right, we'll start here. How did he write Andy on that? How big is Woody? Like Woody must be fucking giant if you can write Andy. No way was I fitting James on the bottom of any of their he feet. Could have been a big Woody. He we was, don't know. <sighs> yeah, he was a big Woody. Mm. I uh, I love Toy Story. I remember seeing the first one in the cinema. I would have been a wee boy. I remember the absolute craze of hoping you get a Buzz Lightyear doll at Christmas or a Woody doll or any kind of character from start uh, from uh, from Toy Story. And then I remember being fans of, because there are gaps, you know, 95, 99, you know, nine year gap then to the third one. You know, they, 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 with animation, they take their time, even though they've got the technology and they've created the blueprint after the first movie, you know, over the 27 year uh, span of these films, that technology has advanced dramatically. But mm. Toy Story's always maintained, you know, it's, it's kind of continuality. It's, it's, it, it looks the same. Yeah. But better in a yeah, way. They, way as well. Obviously, the quality's changed as as graphics have gone up. But you're aware they're toys. The humans look human enough, and it's, then by the end of it, mate, they're fucking spectacular. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a aesthetics to these movies that make the four of them 
so brilliantly sequenced. You know, if you watch it, like if you watch a franchise completely different, like Alien, yeah, you know, the different directors. I'm looking forward to this argument. <laughs> the different Alien, the different directors, different screenwriters, the different type of Alien, all that kind of stuff. They they look like individual films as well as a saga. Whereas Toy Story, the colors, the textures, the voices. You know, Tom Hanks's voice amazingly has not changed over 27 years, oh, which true. he which he pins down to not smoking and hardly ever drinking. So it hasn't affected his vocal cords. Um, but you know, so even, even, uh, continuity issues like that, because if you think of, I think it's the third movie, no, uh, no, sorry, the fourth movie, the fourth movie is 10 years after the third movie, yeah. but is only set a few months after. So, you know, continuities like that, uh, you know, with voices and stuff are important oh. in Toy Story and you can settle into these, you know, there, there is something about the palette of these movies that is instantly heartwarming. The Randy Newman score, the fact that a lot of these toys as well, the, the bigger it got, particularly after the first one. They started bringing in a lot of additional toys that, um, you know, because obviously Mattel and the big toy companies wanted their toys now in it. Yeah. You know, so Barbie wasn't in the first movie, even though she was written into it. Mattel wouldn't give the last for the Barbie character. <laughs> Something about all this money I've been hearing about. <laughs> but then the second think- one, they're like, oh, yes, tour guide, Barbie. Money. <laughs> <laughs> third one, throw Ken in there. Let's go for it. But, you know, it, is, it became one of the things whereby, you know, the third movie, there were toys that we all grew up with, you know, toy phones, you know, that kind of thing that, um, you know, instantly recognisable and relatable toy soldiers in the first movie. There's just so much to it. So this is, this is completely off topic, but this film just came out just after my generation. So I didn't have these specific toys, which obviously I wouldn't have done. Bit disappointed, mate. Would have had a Mad Max or a Monsters in my pocket. There you go. That's that's a sort of my age. <laughs> I've definitely yeah, so aged myself there. And Mad Max is in, so not Mad Max in the dystopian Mel oh, Gibson no, so Mad Max. So it was it's like the Max, Micro Max. Micro Max or something, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember. Max in a cap or something. He's yeah. just a magical cap. It, it was basically Polly in My Pocket, but the male version. Yeah, but the male version. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because boys can't play with girls' toys. No. <laughs> we need to have some sort of kid with a hat who can travel interdimensionally. <laughs> I, uh, He Man toys, big. Oh, yeah, obviously. Oh, that'd be epic. Yeah. And then I had like loads of, I remember weirdly having loads of like um, Sinbad type toys. A lot knockoff of, like, ones, or? <laughs> yeah, as, as in like, kind of like. Monsters and skeleton fighters and that kind of stuff. The amount of the amount of uh, tie-in toys I had was ridiculous for films I hadn't seen. Like I had a I had a Ghostbusters fire station, which I famously talked about. And this is like, but my my parents didn't trust me with the slime, so I wasn't allowed the slime. Slime slimeless existence, mate. But had all of them. Pulled off Winston's head. Had the super glued back on. Had fucking what was it? Dick Tracy Island. My dad was supposed to build that for me. Tra- no, just Tracy Island. Oh yeah, Dick, Dick Tracy, Tracy Island would yeah, be very different. <laughs> Weirdly, I'd love that. <laughs> Tracy Island, because it was so expensive to buy, but Blue Peter did a special, you know, that yeah. you could buy it. My fucking prick of a father never built it for me. Arsehole. <laughs> so it was still beer. <laughs> but I still had the figurines. But they weren't on an island, were they? They were playing fucking marble football with a Terminator and Robocop. That sounds much better. <laughs> it was actually pretty cool. I had the Terminator with the chest blew open. Yeah, me too. Uh, I had the bike as well, mate. That fucker launched out of a car window on my way after buying it. Because at the time, there wasn't a Toys R Us in Lincoln. You had to drive like half an hour mm. to Sleaford and the window was open and I shot the bullet from the gun straight out the window. Fucker, I had it for 20 minutes before I broke it irreversibly. I, I had Robocop with a, a grenade launcher, rocket launcher thing. Yeah. And then years later, I saw the movie and I was like, can't wait for him to get that rocket launcher out. <laughs> and then by the third movie, when that actually happens, you I was just like, care. just careful what you wish for. <laughs> I remember my nan got me an alien toy when I was about seven. Yeah, <laughs> not knowing <laughs> really inappropriate. Uh, obviously, Mutant Ninja Turtles, big toys in our house. I had them as well, yeah. I had yeah. all four of them. And I had the ones that you could put them in the bath and they swim. Yeah, we had a, we had a shredder as well. 
You know, <gasps> we had the villains. I think we had Splinter. We had, yeah, we had good childhood, really. Yeah. A lot of Lego in our house. Yeah, that's cool. And then obviously Lego franchise is huge as well. But I just find it really, really, really cool. It's like those toys get you. Mm. And, and and I know we're jumping ahead, but the story is a love between an imagine a child's imagination and the toys you grow up being friends, and you know they they don't judge you; they're there for you. And just the fact that they, when you're not there, they magically come alive, is another part of the story. There is a story about how these inanimate objects help shape you, help mm. help make it be all right. Like I'm going to say this now: I'm fucking jealous of Andy because the the first three films open with these grand exp- uh, grand adventures that he's imagining in his head and in reality he's just got a cardboard box. Mm. Well, fuck you, Andy. I never played like that. You've played hard school. <laughs> Screw you for having an imagination. <laughs> yeah, you prick. <laughs> just puts me to shame. I uh, Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to get into that. Before that, it's your birthday this week. So we're recording this today, but your yeah. birthday's tomorrow. Then the episode comes out. So when you hear it, anyone listening to this, it's actually your birthday yesterday. Yeah, so it was, it was a great day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was the best day. Man. Honestly, best, best, uh, can't, what was it? Can't believe they showed up. 55, was it? Yeah, yeah what are you going to fuck yourself? I'll be 36, which 36. I only discovered recently. <laughs> I thought I was going to be 37, so I've gained a year. Well, I've done the maths as well. So I've tried to try and figure out what movie Mr. and Mrs. Woozy might have gone to see. I've and smashed her. And then gone back and been like, let's have a bit of anky panky. So I've done nine months back from your birthday. It was a ghost. No, there's uh, there's four mo- three movies that I've narrowed it down to that came out. I'm thinking end of November, early mm. December, yeah, of 1985. Okay, because he would have then born, been born nine months later yeah. in 1986. Yeah. That's how that's how birth works. That's how math works, right? Um, so it was either one of these three: 101 Dalmatians, really the animated. Well, um, did your dad ever spoke fondly of that movie? No, because you would have been called like Lucky or something. <laughs> Spot. <laughs> Corella. <laughs> watched Corella recently with Esther, and Esther was loving it. And I was just like, but, but don't you get the the, the, the dynamic problem it solves? And she was like, no. I was like, she she wants to skin her, she wants Dalmatian to send him in a coat. And she's like, yeah. Everyone's, everyone's got issues. <laughs> just, just uh, fucking this, this year's generation, mate. Fucking heartless. I, it's probably not that then. So no, I'm going to go, no. I, so it could have been the colour purple. She did. My mum loves the colour purple. So do you think after they saw that movie, they went home and they were like, do you want? Let's make some wrongs all right. <laughs> yes, maybe. Or I'm putting my money on this one. Yeah. Rocky IV. Definitely Rocky IV. <laughs> Definitely. I reckon my dad my dad was so erect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, when, he's, that's, when he's watching two men just bloody each other up. Yeah. Just stop the Cold War. It was, yeah. it, it was Dewey, wasn't he, on it? I imagine he, he was he was doing himself. Mm. <laughs> and then she was like, so join in. He was like, if you have to. That, that, <laughs> That's that's what that's obviously why your name is James Ivan Woozy. Yeah, that's <laughs> Ivan Drago Woozy. Yeah, and if it is for, I'm proud. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other two, I'll be disappointed. But if it's that, I don't understand it. Like, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Does it explain why he always has to go for a wank when watching Rocky Four. <laughs> I just thought it was you know Sylvester yeah. Stallone. He was in the best shape in that. Just film. every yeah, of course he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's that robot. It's like happy birthday, Polly, and, and Polly program so we can bang it. That's what's done the whole planet. It's like any time it snows, your dad just remembers that montage of yeah. banging your mum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're eleven minutes in and we've dropped the bar already. That's pretty good for this yeah, week. It did, last week it took yeah. us at least twenty-five. No one saw that coming in the Toy Story episode. <laughs> Someone downloading for the first time. Toy Story. That sounds innocent enough. <laughs> banging your mum. Eleven minutes in. Um, yeah. No. I, 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 Happy birthday for tomorrow. Have a good one. Thanks, mate. 
I've got you a present, which uh, I'm going to have to pause to go up and get it and bring it down I, to get your reaction. I really hate this sort of stuff. Why? Because I'm terrible. Because you always give me great presents. Like, you, like the present you got me a few Slow years ago was amazing. <laughs> Slow oh, down. Okay. Slow down. And then the present I got you was like the history of like the blues music. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that was good. I like that. Uh, that yeah, but I gave that to you like 10 years ago. It was ago. when you gave me the Indiana Jones 4 poster. That was for a video. That was for a game that we played. Well, that, that was the last gift you got me, so... <laughs> This is on par with that, James. <laughs> oh, no, I'm moving out as well. I'll have to put it up, won't I? <laughs> it's not a poster, off. but you are going to love it. We'll yeah. do that uh, towards the end. So let's get going. We're going to go uh, brief synopsis, brief overview of the four Toy Story movies, and then we'll look at Lightyear then. Um, along the way, just talking about favourite moments, favourite scenes, characters, any trivia, and just really reminiscing in the magic going right the way back to 1995 it's fucking sorry I didn't mean to swear it's really weird that this film came out in 1995 because when I found that out I was like I'm sure it must have been later than that. I'm sure it was the early 2000s turns out it's full of shit I remember it being 90s but 95 is a weird one because um, I, 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 I thought I was older when I watched it so I would have been eight I would have been eight when this came out but I yeah. thought I would have been older than eight years old because like Aladdin came out in what, 93? That that's feels what, like way before that's what Toy I mean. Story. It's just such a leap as well. So if we're talking like the early 90s, this is obviously Pixar's main feature. Is it, it done short films before, which they actually turned into their logo uh, logo screen. It's the, the lamp that's trying to catch the ball. And but of this, course, the one that they won the Oscar for, the short, was um, Tin... Tin, tin toy. Tin toy. So basically, this is their first feature length. And not only is it feature length, and I know there'd been computer animated films before this, it was the first, how do I say this nicely without killing its predecessors? It was the first one that looked all right. <laughs> it, looked, it looked good. It did look good. It looked very good. But bearing in mind that there were films that came out after this mm. that looked like they were drawn by, I don't know, you're, you're me. About, you're talking about ants, aren't you? <laughs> I'm having to go ants. <laughs> Sylvester Sloan is not an ant. <laughs> Actually, I believe in more. I believe in more is an ant. It's Rocky Balboa. <laughs> no, Rocky was a good performance, but certainly like, like Demolition Man or just Dread. Yeah, definitely Dread. dread. <laughs> <laughs> He's more believable ant than he is a human. Yeah, I get you. I, I really hope on the ants DVD case it says sorry, Sylvester so Sloan, and in brackets, Judge Dread. Because <laughs> any kid would be like, oh, fucking awesome. <laughs> right, you ready? Yeah. Close your eyes. Nostalgia times. Nine ninety five. Mm. Pogs are still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Euro 96 hasn't happened yet that's that's why I got confused when I was 995 I was like so England hadn't lost to Germany in the semi-finals at Wembley mm. I was like that's a weird time anyway we had the birth of the decent FIFA games in 98 <laughs> and you think back to then when you had four different faces Batman would have had bat nipples by now yeah he would, we wouldn't have had any decent Marvel was dead in the water <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go that's crazy wow Bruce Willis hadn't destroyed an asteroid yet. <laughs> I was going to say, Kim Gooding Jr. still had a career. True. <laughs> <clears throat> Andy Davis is a seven-year-old boy who lives with his younger sister, Molly, and their single mother, and they are preparing to move out. Ooh, so we're full of story. But when the humans are not around, Andy's toys come back to life, and they enjoy partaking in Andy's imaginative games and live to see the young boy happy. They are led by Andy's favourite toy, a Western sheriff we all call Woody. Woody. So what are, you know, he's, he's the man, mate. Mm. Old school or fashion. Pull rope. So he's got voice Draw box. String. Drawstring, thank you. But, you know, there may be better toys, but he's the one that's got the only thing that matters. Oh, the phone, what? Andy's heart. Mm? He's got it. He's looking after him. 
It's also Andy's birthday. I mean, what a fucking time to move out. <laughs> I'm moving out and throwing a kid's birthday. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> um, the other toys are wondering who will be brought in and what does that mean? One of the current toys is going to be replaced, but in reality, it is Woody who is replaced by an all-action figure called Buzz Lightyear, a space ranger that is obsessed with taking down the evil Emperor Zorg and doesn't realise that he is, in fact, a toy. Mate, what I didn't realise until, until watching these is He's a replacement for Woody. Buzz Lightyear. He's got buttons, mate. He's got, I imagine, LCD batteries and lights. And he's got... He's lasers. Like, lasers, mate. And like, blinking lights. Not a flying toy. So he's he's an upgrade in Woody and every single way. But I didn't even realise this until I was watching it. I was like, Woody's a sheriff of a small western town. Buzz Lightyear's a space ranger. So he's the sheriff of space, mm. <laughs> which last time I checked was bigger than yeah. the west. And also... Toy Story is one of those art imitating life. The Western era of movies Being was replaced, replaced by, by the sci-fi. So it's hey, there's so many different layers yeah. to this film that I didn't realise until I was you know thirty something <laughs> watching it. Yeah, it's... the thing is I don't go back to watch this film, and we'll get into that later. Anyway, Buzz quickly takes Woody's place as Andy's favourite toy, and in a fit of jealousy, Woody tries to trick Buzz, but it all goes horribly wrong, and the two toys are flung from the house, and they need to get back home before Andy and family move house. The toy's adventure takes them across the path of Andy's psychotic neighbour, Sid Phillips, who enjoys mutilating and blowing up his toys. Buzz eventually discovers he is a toy, and Woody has to help cure Buzz's depression, save the day, and get them back to Andy. Mm. So that's Epic a, movie. Do you know what? It's, it's a fucking brilliant movie. It's a movie that, you know, when it spans via, obviously, the pizza place and the arcade place. Yeah, it'll go. It really, just the next door neighbour's garden. Yes. It, it, but it is a huge quest and it is layered. Like you say, it's got a lot in there for adults as well as kids. Um, you know, we talked about things like when they go in Sid's house, it's, you know, really good movie trivia that a lot of people know that Sid's carpet is the same as the Overlook Hotel carpet in The Shining. Which is cool. At the birthday party, I didn't know this. It's one of these things that you've brought up in an episode before, but all the kids have got Andy's face to save on animation. Mm. All the kids in the film by the, the sister of Sid and Sid himself all have Andy's face because yeah. it was just easy to. The reason why the father's not in it is because they just couldn't afford the animation to create him. So... <laughs> Disney will have fucking orphan another child. <laughs> and also, it, it steers away from the adult, the the humans, doesn't it? A lot of it is, you know... It's... Because they look pretty piss poor. <laughs> Although, I'm going to point out, worse CGI now, by the time his groundbreaking was the dog. Dog's mm. unforgivable. But you know what? It's over 20 years ago. Yeah. That's, well, it's not. Well, it is. How does the mass work? Yeah, it is. 27 years. years ago, yeah. Um, basically, it is a great little film, a cracker. And what really helps is, it's the other stories. It's Ham. It's Mr. Potato Head. So let's go through some of them characters. So we, we obviously talked about Tom Hanks, obviously, is Woody, you know, who originally was going to be a ventriloquist doll. Oh, well, do you want some trivia, mate? I'll, I'll hit you with some trivia. I've got some trivia. Did you know that Billy Crystal was the original choice to voice Buzz? I did, and he said it was his worst, his, his biggest ever mistake. And I've seen Father's Day. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> and uh, But he that's why he signed up to Monsters That's Inc, why he signed up to Monsters Inc. Yeah. But he did say that after listening to Tim Allen's performance. He's like, I couldn't have done what Tim Allen did. <clears throat> Uh, this was Hanks and Alan's first animated film, so they recorded their lines together to make their characters and their interactions more realistic, which is pretty cool. There were several interferences in the project. That production was halted several times. Disney wanted more edge in their characters. They wanted more edge in their toys. I'm just pointing out Disney <laughs> wanted more edge. Anyway, uh, Hanks um, referring to Woody's a tyrant. Tyrant was an, uh, Woody was an asshole in yeah. the original script. He was a bit of a bag of dicks. So the, the original ending was that uh, Buzz finds out he becomes a toy that Woody becomes more human. So uh, he finds his heart. So yeah, he was, he was, he was meant to be a horrible, nasty, vicious 
toy, wasn't he? Selfish. Yeah, arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Woody was meant to be a ventriloquist, don't we? Yeah. There well, you go. and also Buzz Lightyear was called Larry Luna as well. Before. Which obviously is famous. But what I like about it is it's the sporting characters and you tell a very simple story, but it's got that one thing that you need with a pinch of Disney. And Pixar have always done this. You need that imagination, mate. You need to tell a story. It's a very, very simple story, but it says so much more. Mm. So also, Buzz Lightyear's original was going to be the uh, tin toy from the short. So he was going to be tiny or tinny from the Pixar's Oscar-winning 1988 uh, short movie uh, tin toy. Then he was a G.I. Joe-style doll. <laughs> yeah. And then finally they were like, what's hot? What's What do kids want? And they were like, Spaceman, Luna Larry. He had another name at some point as well. Morpheus something. And then... Um, Buzz Lightyear is just... It they is Buzz right. Lightyear after, obviously, Buzz... Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Anyway, so the first story. I think here you've got a great foundation of... You know, it could have been one and done. It could have been fine as mm. it was. It could have been a genre-defining film. And it was. <clears throat> so let's look at it. So, so we did uh, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, but uh, Don Rickles is Mr. Potato Head. Fantastic. Is it the, the, great, the great side of sarcasm. And it, like the toy, and I'm with that. If I was a toy and you could replace my parts, I'd get quite annoyed. Like, you, I imagine my arms would be sticky mm. constantly. I think his biggest and best role is in the third one when he becomes a tortilla. <laughs> that that was genuinely funny as well, including the moment as well when Buzz gets turned on Spanish mode. Like yeah. I remember in the cinema, like, bawling at how funny <laughs> that was. Don Rickles also passed away in 2017, he so he, he wasn't around for the fourth one, but his family pleaded and, and, and arranged with Disney and Pixar um, for them to use outtakes and other parts of his voice so they could still be in the fourth movie. So Miss Potterhead is awesome as the cynical... I love that he's got the wife. It's that, that kind of like... Um, you know, old married couple that you don't get in TV anymore. You know, like the married couple, like the parents in like Everybody Loves Raymond, where it's like they bicker and they've been together for so long, you know. And um, but yeah, and Miss Potato Head, obviously, I imagine everyone had a Miss Potato Head or now just Potato Heads because I, I don't think they're gender based anymore. Oh, okay. I didn't. Um, did you have a slinky dog? I, I had a slinky. Voiced by Jim Varney. Yeah. Jim Varney's another one that passed away, wasn't he? I, uh, I, I, I had a slinky dog. I'd, uh, the slinky dog from this uh, what I don't understand is I don't understand the point of a slinky dog because I understand the point of a slinky but I don't understand why you put stuff on the end of it to stop it from just extends doesn't it I did, I did I did design it the toy <laughs> James I don't know uh, Wallace Shawn as Rex well, maybe, oh, maybe I, one I, of the I, most I, distinct voices I, in just, it. I think show stealer maybe yeah. not in the first one but by the time he's the second one he's on a roll Wallace you just Shawn want to know what Rex does he's, he's one of the actors as well that whatever he pops up in such a distinct voice yeah. lends itself perfectly to animation as um, obviously uh, another uh, passaways uh, John Ratzenberger who played Ham Ham is one of my favourite characters because he's just did you ever watch like Cheers mm. he, the actor he plays character is it Norm anyway either just exactly the same just, I imagine Ham at the bar, mate. I do apologize. John Ratzenberger it hasn't died, actually. It was, I was thinking of, um, oh, what's it, Slinky, who passed away that you've yeah, mentioned, Jim, Jim Barney. Barney. Yeah. yeah. John Ratzenberger hasn't passed. There's a story, I've, I've told it on the podcast before, there's a John Ratzenberger story that I, is hilarious of him being in a bar with, um, with uh, what's his name, Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. in Frank's older years. Okay. And uh, he's, he, he's he's at a restaurant and he sees and he sees Frank and he sees all his like henchmen and his gangsters all around him and he's like fuck he's on a date John Ratzenberger's on a date and he's like oh, shit and he goes to the toilet and he's like I've got to do it he goes over to Frank Sinatra and he's like look I'm fucking sorry but I'm trying to woo this lass I'm trying to you know can you just please on your way out I'm, my my table is near the door 
when you're walking past, can you just be like, John, how's it going? And just like, you know, so it, so I look cool. Yeah. And for Sinatra's like, you know, whatever, kind of like help a guy out kind of thing. So anyway, about 10 minutes later, as Sinatra's leaving, he goes up to John Rassenberger's table and says, John, how are you doing? And John Rassenberger goes, Frank, I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> that is the balls on that bloke. Yeah. <laughs> um, Annie Potts, Ghostbusters, Annie Potts, Bo Peep. Yeah, I love, I love Bo Peep, mate. Yeah, the porcelain, not a toy, really. <laughs> yeah, I not mean, at all. this is like bridging the gap in of like anything really then comes to life. Anything, I mean, Sporky later on is the testament to that, but apparently anything that you draw eyes on now is it's, a toy. It's weird as well because I don't get why the sheep are alive. That's the bit I was like, maybe I can understand them, but why? Mm. Why would you create such a three headed beast? <laughs> and of course, if you need a sergeant, if you need a leader of your um, of your toy soldiers, you've got to get um, Arlie Ermy. Well, that's all he. That's, that's what he was. Was he? he's picked up as a, he's never been anything else, mate. He he's never been in a rom com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. she, she, she didn't for, shout. He for, did nothing but shout. Yeah. <laughs> Full metal jacket. Seven Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. P.S. I love it. <laughs> Toy Story. <laughs> Um, I, love yeah. the, I love these because I had what I love about this first one as well is how the green army men are treated as disposable and they are like do you remember when you were growing up and you had green army men you were like if one of your toys was going to get lost you didn't really give no, a shit yeah. if it was a green army man it was like yeah alright yeah. <laughs> you can man go. down complete the mission <laughs> I do like that as well I do like how some of the characters in Toy Story like Woody isn't a sheriff he doesn't go like I mean he's like mayor of the town and everything but you know like Rex, it doesn't go around like a dinosaur yeah, or like Godzilla people. or anything. Yeah. Like. But the, but for some reason, some characters act like they, <laughs> you know, like they are actually a platoon. You know what I mean? It's not like oh fucking hell, I'm just I'm you know I'm a green plastic person who can't move my legs. They are actually you know, um, and it's like the sheep. Like why why do Bo Peep sheep not been able to speak? Yeah, but like a dinosaur or a pig can. Do you know what? That's such, I don't know. Sheep. And also, I'd like to point out he's not a toy. He's a he's a fucking money collector. A piggy bank. Yeah, piggy, we got that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think you knew what I meant with piggy bank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we made the joke in the previous episode that made me die. That was uh, obviously about Andy's mum's sex toys coming well, to if life. You, if you draw eyes on it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's already got eyes Maybe on it. Maybe it already has. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Toy Story 1, though, was epic. I, had, uh, I was envious. My friend Stuart, growing up, he had a Woody and a Buzz and I didn't. That's disgusting. And, yeah, and they were great. And, you know... The, it, it, you know, it's known as well, isn't it? It's, it's joked in the second movie, I believe, um, th- uh, when they start talking. Obviously, the second movie is about collectibles and about them being like, actual toys. Buzz <clears throat> they do mention about um, a, a, a reference to the first movie in that they had 11 months to get these toys on the shelves before it came out for its November release. And no company, Mattel, all the big toy brands turned it down until a little uh, Canadian company called Thinkaway Toys took it on. Um, but they, they obviously the demand was, they couldn't get enough toys out there for it to be the hit that it was. It was, it was, it was like turbo mining in, in uh, Jingle All The Way. Yeah. In the, I remember that 1995 Christmas when, or maybe the year after where everyone wanted that Toy Story doll. Everyone wanted them and they didn't make them and you can, they're still hard to get to hold off now because mm. when, was, as soon as they made them, where was that a car boot sale and there was, and there was a Woody and there was, you know, people are after it. It's genius, though. It's, what a genius. Make a film about toys to sell the toys. It's weird, isn't it? Because normally you make you normally make the toys to sell them. This one was a bit different. Yeah. yeah. There's a snake in my boot. 
I did like, eventually I, get a woody. <clears throat> I did eventually get one. I never had one. Somebody's poisoned the watering hole. There's a snake in my boots. Um, I'm going to say this now. Um, Randy Newman, fuck you. <laughs> I love Randy Newman. No, it's because they're so catchy. Like, I've watched this film like four days ago. I'm still humming. You got a friend in me. It's a great song. It's annoyingly, it's more carnivorous than freaking mm. syphilis, mate. It also, the, uh, that's the other thing. Like, going back to the characters that are not self-aware that they're toys, you know, like... You know, the three-eyed mutants in it, the aliens in it, and the, the claw machine. The claw. The claw, the claw decides who will go and who will stay. Like, I love all that scene, the Pizza Planet stuff. That whole section, normally in a movie, a great movie, there's a side storyline or there's a certain sequence where you're like, oh, yeah, that bit lets it down. And the Pizza Planet bit in Toy Story could be because it takes you away from the backyard story. And, mm. and what, what what I love about the Toy Story 1 is, is that it is that, you know, to a toy being next door, just before moving day, it's huge, you know, because the beginning of the movie sets up, have you got your moving partners? You know, the, the buddy system, isn't it? Is it the idea of getting lost as well? Because yeah. Because toys, and, you know, you've moved us, and now the amount of stuff that you lose, you just go, where the fuck is it? And they're all prepared for it. And then, yeah, being next door, particularly in the psychopath's house next door, it blows up toys. Um, the real reason Andy's mom is moving. She's like, I'm not, I'm not living next door. The kid blows shit up. Yeah. <laughs> where are the parents? <laughs> exactly, James. Exactly. Well, the dad's asleep. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, the first in the living room that's upstairs. That, that actually winds me up mm. because he's up the stairs. Why is he watching TV in his living room that's upstairs? What's wrong? Maybe with he's downstairs? genius, James. Maybe he's got an upstairs and a downstairs living room. Do you want know since dad? Since dad's <laughs> pioneer, mate. MVP. Um, but I like that because the second movie, you know, so it goes, it goes uh, adventure next door. The second movie, adventure across town. Third movie, uh, out of, outside of town at the at the waste yard, and then the fourth movie, obviously out of state. It kind of each movie the ante like with sequels do, often does, increases. And, and in this one, it's always the geographical distance increases from movie to movie. But I love the first one, how innocent it is about the toys just being in the wrong side of the fence. Mm. Um, I think it's really done, really well done as well. It is uh, Woody's, <clears throat> Woody, Woody's world changes. And there's a great montage with Randy Newman's coroning in the background. <laughs> um, like he's like even the bedding underneath changing. It used to be Woody's roundup, but now it's, you know, space... It's, it's Buzz Lightyear's Space Command. And also, there's a thing about growing up as well. If you notice, all of Woody's stuff is about Woody's Roundup ABCs. Andy himself is growing and is now, you know, he's into more things. So Buzz's aren't educational. Mm. And you can argue that Woody's with his Roundup of ABCs and one two threes, which you see on the posters in the background, is he's maturing, so he's lost his interest. Yeah. But then there's this great theory online, which I absolutely adore and love, especially when we come into the sequel, is the reason why he loves Woody so much is because... Woody is his dad's toy and his yeah. dad's not around anymore which is why because Woody doesn't know anyone but Andy but also at the same time he's, he's one of the oldest toys around which you find out in the sequel he's only have ever had one and there's this really cool idea that maybe he loves Woody so much because it's a link to his father who we don't see in this series which I love his, I love that that's always cost too much to animate the dad. I would just, mm. would you just want to have a dad? And then there's some people on the internet, myself included, coming up with wild, amazing <laughs> theories about, oh my God, it must mean that Woody is his surrogate father. <laughs> that's why he loves him. And that means that Buzz is his surrogate stepfather because he comes in and tries to take him. <laughs> I do, I do, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, the, the idea that it's, it's his dad's toy because the second one does certainly suggest that he's a collectible. He's, a, yeah. he's, he's, he's from a time way before Andy's childhood. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I follow that theory. <laughs> Just in the two thousands, you know what kids love? What show, show, toys from shows in the fifties? <laughs> Look, this cowboy smokes. <laughs> Instantly quotable though this movie. Like I say, for uh, you know the whole kind of um, Star Command, Infinity, and Beyond. 
that wasn't flying, that was falling with style. All the kind of, you know, the famous, um, you know, reach for that, the sky. That, that, that story is actually really well done as well, about the replacement. Like when he, so he doesn't actually, the, the point you're trying to say is he's not trying to kill Buzz. He's trying to get Buzz out of the way so he can just be in charge for a bit. Mm. So he can, so he can go back to how it was. All he wants to do is like push him off the bench so he'll get stuck. He's not trying to kill him, but he accidentally throws him out of a building mm. and everyone thinks that he's tried to do it on purpose. And that's an awesome scene where like the pins fall off the wall and they like start throwing down like an Indiana Jones and the rubber mm. ball. I love that scene. And it's when, when they meet afterwards and he's like, oh my God, you're alive. Thank God. Oh, means I won't die. And it's like, what's that line? We used to be talking about how crowbars is like, oh, we don't, we don't have vengeance on my planet. It's like, thank God for that. It's like, but we're not on my planet, are we? Are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do also like, yeah, I, I, I do love it. And then obviously in this movie, Buzz loses his arm when he falls out the window, um, and that's mirrored in the second movie when Woody loses his arm. And it's it's one of them kind of it, it, I, the first one really kind of sets the the tone and the blueprint that the sequels then follow. Going, let's go into uh, the second movie. So immediately after the success of Toy Story, plans were hatched for a sequel, but originally they were going to give it what we call the Return of Jafar treatment, no, which is straight. straight to DVD or video <laughs> at that time. Um, they were even going to keep the cost down by replacing Hanks and Allen with um, other actors. To, Stallone to... and <laughs> Lumpen. Well, maybe keep Allen because it's not that expensive. <laughs> The film was made by a Pixar's B team because the A team were making A Bug's Life that would actually cameo in um, Toy Story 2 oh, in two and scenes. In the, in, in the end. It, it, there's, it's in the Owl's Toy Store and in uh, the calendar in Andy's room at the beginning of the movie as well. Do you know what's really bad? I don't even remember A Bug's Life. But then Pixar do this throughout. There's loads of YouTube videos which shows you that they always put the toy or a, or a hint of the next one. Like in Toy Story... Uh, is it Toy Story 3 or is it, uh, where there's the Coco guitar? You know, so whatever movie that we're working yeah. on next, they always implant the seeds. In. There's Just, just, don't, just the, don't remember a book. <laughs> yeah, there's the characters from Up or in a, on, a, on, a, on a postcard, I think, in the third movie. So there's loads of Easter eggs like that if you're a Pixar nut um, to go in and go find. An early draft of the movie saw uh, saw the studio execs see potential and they green lit the movie for cinema release. They had to do some editing, panning, uh, padding, so... And then the A-team, after finishing Bugs Life, came back on board and did a bit of a redraft. Crowned as potentially the best of the franchise with a 100% Rotten Tomatoes score and defined by many critics as a near-perfect sequel, the film made just shy of $500 million worldwide. Piffed. Piff. Toy Story 2, 999. Also, the film that was nearly completely destroyed from Pixar's service. That's mental, isn't it? Can you imagine if you were that guy? Delete all. Yep. No, no, no! <laughs> Yeah, it all nearly some got just Some people just want to watch the world. <laughs> While Andy is at summer camp, Woody is accidentally placed in a yard sale where he's stolen by Al, a greedy toy collector intent on making him a collectible. At Al's toy barn, Woody meets other Western forgettables, Jesse the cowgirl, who was originally called Senorita Cactus. Yep. Fucking hell. <laughs> Stinky Pete the prospector and Bullseye the horse. Uh, and for a moment... Woody considers immortality life in the museum with his family. He'd always be loved. Mm. He'd always be loved. So also this is, this is, sorry mate, I'm all over no, it. No, I'm all over no, it. No, I was it's, just going to say, alongside that, Buzz Lightyear and the rest of Andy's toys set out on a rescue attempt, seeing them leave the house on a city-wide miss, mission of rescue. There's um, there's the age-old family, friends of the family you choose, and this picks it. These are the people, in a way, he was born to be with. There's, they're his people. They're his family. It's where he belongs. But he doesn't belong because there's no love. 
he wants to share it. And it's not only that, it's Andy as well. And it becomes this great question. And it's this is a question that genuinely makes you think, like, was I to ask to me toys <laughs> when I was a kid? Because all they want to do is want to be loved. Andy's put on a, uh, Woody is loved. You know, he's come back through his thing. Now the storyline of Buzz and Woody in the imagination world, they're best friends and they're fighting crime. And that's cool. That's really wicked. That is really wicked. That is James. really wicked. We get put on the shelf, mate. And I'm going to be there. But remember when I pulled off Winston's head, mate? I didn't realise Winston was going to come back, mate. I thought Winston was done. <laughs> so I thought I'm going to have a headless ghost. You put him on the shelf. That's true. I was watching this film going, oh my God. Mm. And the amount of toys that have gone on that shelf and never come back. Is this, is it, is this it for Woody? Is he over? Is he done? Is he finished? Wheezy, mate. Wheezy. Wheezy. Wheezy's one of the MVPs in this movie. I there, think, was, there are a lot of MVPs. Obviously, with the second movie, it gives way for licensing to bring in a whole catalogue of new characters, including Barbie. So Barbie in the first movie... Josh Whedon came on board in the first movie to do the rewrite, and he had the film end in Sid's house with a Barbie turning up in a red Corvette, spinning into the room um, and saying, uh, come with me if you want to live. And it was meant to be a Sarah Connor nod that Barbie yeah. was all action. Um, Mattel didn't want Barbie being used in the movie in the aspect that they wanted to keep him um, personality uh uh, neutral because of the whole point of the toys that use the owner get to decide what they are like and uh -huh. therefore that would have made you know whatever character they gave Barbie in this movie they were like give some of that cheddar <laughs> I don't care oh, any role just want to douse myself with dollar bills <laughs> tour guide yes yeah that'll do we'll have Barbie as anything um, but yes I think uh, you know obviously bringing in Joan Cusack is the voice of Jesse brilliant of Jesse yeah. Probably the most significant though is Kelsey Grammer as the prospector. I fucking love Kelsey Grammer. I love Kelsey Grammer when he's Frasier. I love Kelsey Grammer when he's the villain in Toy Story 2. And I fucking love it when inexplicably he's in The Expendables 3. It doesn't make sense, <laughs> doesn't but make it sense, does make sense. But it makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> I love it when he's, when he's Beast. <laughs> I just love him. Let's never forget that he was Beast. I still think that was good casting. Yeah. Because you never saw it, mate. When you were watching Frasier Series 2, did you think McCoy? He's, he's an X Man? <laughs> he's, there's going to be a bar. There's going to be in a film where he rips someone's throat out. <laughs> yeah. I just look at him and go, God, you look good blue, wouldn't he? He would look good blue. He'd all go, do you know what he should do? He should give advice as to Vester Sloan in an action movie <laughs> as he's trying to recruit Ronda Rousey. <laughs> I, lo I love him. <laughs> I love I love the Toy Story idea that you got Woody and then you're like, of course, you know, the, the, um, the second movie needs the injection of a potential... Not love interest, but the female Woody. Yeah, you know, because you, you know, the the first one Buzz and Woody. You know, you need the the, the female um, hero as well. And, and I think Jesse's a, a lovable kind of rogue rookie cowgirl to bring into the to the mix. I also think she's better than Woody because she actually gets she, she actually does stuff. She doesn't sit around moralizing for days. He's just like she's often the I'll one who's like picking him up and go, "Come on, get <laughs> shit done." Not obviously in their language. And Joan Cusack's <laughs> voice lends twat. itself <laughs> lends itself brilliantly. But I imagine when they've got. Jesse and they've got bulls out and they, got, and they were like we need one more Ooh. fucking prospector let's do that <laughs> digging for gold Kelsey Grammer there's even fart jokes in this there is <laughs> there, there is, just, is. Honestly, Kelsey Grammer brings mate, everything mate, you're fucking well happy about that <laughs> I am <laughs> can I just say as well that that's actually as someone who had toys and I remember my uncle my granddad someone giving me like these these cars, it was like, oh, don't take them out of the packet. They'll appreciate value. And me as a six-year-old kid just going like, no, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I, to, yeah, but to be fair, my attic's full of toys that I haven't taken out of the packet because I don't want them to depreciate. Yeah, I I even, know, even my 18-month-year-old kid looked at him and I was like, no, they are collectibles. <laughs> I'll never understand that. I'll never, I was just like, it's a toy. There's a whole point. If you don't play with a toy, its soul will break. <laughs> you say that, James, but my Obi-Wan old Obi-Wan Kenobi pop vinyl toy is now worth over 90 quid. So, you know. Okay. They are right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> <It's so sad. laughs> 
<laughs> All right, awesome, wicked. <laughs> The film does lend heavily from the first movie. It's uh, full of Easter eggs for eagle-eyed viewers and eagle-eyed listeners. Um, As with any sequel, the ante must be much, much higher. (laughs) I love the fact as well this starts with with the villain, the human villain. He goes to a junkyard sale that Andy's mom's putting on, and that's where, because Woody was trying to save Wheezy, he's accidentally found himself there. He's got no arm, he's missing his hat, and this guy finds him, he's like jizzes himself. He's been looking forever for a Woody. He's finally got his hands on a Woody. He's got his Woody. He's got his Woody. He must missing some things, but he's happy. Yeah. And basically... Takes him home and polishes it. Takes him home and he won't stop polishing it. He even gets... He even brings an old man around to polish his Woody. <laughs> anyway, not for that. But but he's the villain. Nowadays, stick that on YouTube, he's a hero. Well, I watch that. You're right. I, I can't... I can't... Oh, not the stealing bit. But the... Um, I, 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 I go down... Facebook video rabbit holes of watching people with GoPros at, at yard sales. Just watch. And the, they, they if, read about Froggy, what, what's that? Froggy Flips, his hey, channel. Buy 25p, he sells it for 100. Yeah. I'm not joking. If I'm at a car boot sale and I'm, I'm selling and a fucker comes up to me with a GoPro, he goes, how much is that? I'll remove the 25p sign. I'll go, 30 quid. <laughs> I was like, I know. Who else is wearing a GoPro? Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I'm addicted to them shows. Like when, uh, that's what, like that's what ten, I mean. Hero now. Mate, if you had a camera on him, you'd be on his side. And also, if you need a mid-90s, or at this point, this was 99, so you need a 90s villain, it's got to be Wayne Knight playing Al in this movie, who I Al was Wayne meant Knight. to be in the first movie as well. They completely got removed him from the first movie and put him into the second one. Um, it is a near-perfect sequel, a near-perfect movie. In fact, I couldn't pick any faults of it. I think it's, it's paced brilliantly. It's funny. It's witty. It's got the right blend of adult jokes to, uh, to kids' stuff. It's got perfect, like, his piss take is Star Wars, and it's like, yeah, the, I well, am the, your father, and he's like, let's like catch, Dad. The, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, and they, they do borrow from, you know, obviously being Disney, so they do borrow, uh, it was obviously before Disney was Star Wars, but uh, Star Wars was Disney, so, but they, they do use a lot of the original Star Wars sounds in it. But, um, yeah, the, even even scenes though, like as an adult, like the bit when um, you know Woody's being restored and cleaned. Oh, I like that. What that a bit. scene! <clears throat> Just having his arms stitched back on, and, and the, his, the and attention his to detail. And yeah, his buff, I like that, and he, he checks it out. Yeah, because by that's another thing I really like. By the um, fourth movie, you know, you can still see the red stitching in Woody's arm, and Buzz's stickers are starting to peel and bubble slightly. Mm. So it does give an aged effect to the dolls and the toys. But then again, that attention to detail, whereas they might not have put a lot of detail into the human faces, you know, in, when they're running around the house, the skirting boards are all chipped, you know, and, and scuffed, you know, because they've got kids running around and stuff. So there is a lot of attention to detail in these movies, yeah. um, you know, for, for adults and, um, you know, and for, and for kids to enjoy. But the second one is, is I, I don't know, I, I'm always a fan of the first. I'm always the, a fan of the you first are, movie. You are, because you're, building. Uh, you're, gonna say, you're, a, you're a fan of the world build. But even you've got to say, and, and the first one's a great film mm. and it has great foundations, but what they do with it in the second one, I think the second one is genuinely one of the best films of all time. I you move animation from it, move sequel. I think Toy Story 2 is a f- phenomenal spectacle. It's fulfilling. It is fulfilling. And it's got everything you need. I know, I know I'm not joking. Like the moral dilemma that the characters actually go through is actually something that I would say is a moral dilemma. It's, it's what he has to make a choice between a kid that he knows will abandon him. And that's the whole point. Pete's like, Mate, he'll fuck you right off. Yeah, he one day, doesn't. Mate. One day he will leave you, which is really cool because in the third one, that's exactly what happens. But yeah. he says one day it'll happen. He'll you go, wait till he gets an Xbox. Yeah, he'll fuck you right off. As soon as he, as soon as he is puberty, mate, he'll drop that toy like boobs, <laughs> just straight on that there internet, mate. Won't give a flying toss what's going on. Prospect is like another, another, another victim to boobs. <laughs> 
But, but Prospect has got this idea as well. And also, I really like this, is the idea that Prospect has been in a box for so long. Mm. He just wants, he's sick of being... He's sick of being there. And then you've got Jessie, who's the innocent. She doesn't want to be manipulated. She doesn't want to beg Woody to stay, but she has to because she 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 wants to get out. And I'm just going to say this now. Fuck you for making me feel stuff, Big Fuck you. I do, Great yeah. film. I love it. A 10 out of 10. A star. I think the second one is slightly better in the sense that, and, and I'm talking like if one of them's 99 and the other one's 100, the second one is because it, it has that extra layer on it, doesn't it? That, as you perfectly articulated there. But they carried that out through the three, uh, through the four original movies. Like I remember, I remember going into the third movie, being like, "Bit of time has passed." You know, it's gone from 95, 99, 2010 By the time we get to the third movie, it's weird, isn't it? And thinking, well, the second one was brilliant. You know, the first one was brilliant. The third one, no way is it going to be as good. And God Almighty, they do it again. They do it again. So a lot of times passed, but here we are. Andy is getting ready for college and his toys haven't been played with for years. Many of the toys have been sold or moved on and only a handful of favourites remain. Andy decides to take Woody with him to college and accidentally the other toys end up being donated to Sunnyside Daycare Centre. Can I just say, if you imagine going to university and taking your fucking doll with you, you want to abuse you with a car. The only way it makes sense is if at the end it turns out that he's becoming a toy designer. Mm. That would have made some sense. He was like, I'll take my toy with me for inspiration. But no, he just turns out he was going to, he's like, I'll, I'll bring a girl back to the door. What's that? It's my Woody. <laughs> What's that? Oh, it's a toy. Yeah. It's not lame though, because there's, there's, there's Buzz Lightyear. All right, they're friends. They go on adventures together. <laughs> right? They've took down a pig. No, they've took down a bank robbing pig before. Right, I've shown some respect. Get out. <laughs> I don't care if you've got boobs. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It's like, shut up. Anyway, Lotso is the leader of the toys at Sunny Sunnyside Daycare, and he welcomes the new toys. So we're over the moon to discover that the daycare never runs out of children, and everyone gets played with. So basically, this is what they wanted. They've had near ten years, mate, of just being sat in a box waiting for nothing to happen, and now they're promised toys are gonna all toys get played with. It's gonna be sensational. You got this. Woody tries his best to bring them back, but fails. He accidentally ends up with Bonnie, a young girl who enjoys playing, and finds a place for Woody immediately. But he's just so likeable, mate. He fits into any world. <laughs> Excuse me. He learns, though, from one of the toys that Lotso is not as kind as he once believed. Lotso was once abandoned and found himself replaced by his owner immediately. So he took over the daycare and started treating it as a prison. And what you've got is one of my favourite moments. The different layers of security at a daycare centre. And at the heart of it, watching all the CCTV is, is a... Uh, drum a cymbal smashing monkey mm. that never sleeps never blinks at eyes I think that's one of the best castings of toys because yeah. I imagine that's what they're like they're fucking manacle yeah. mate um, at the daycare Andy's toys are played with by the younger children very roughly when Buzz tries to speak to Lotto about changing rooms he finds himself restored to factory settings once again believing he's a space ranger and helping kidnap everyone else Woody manages to rescue everyone including a now Spanish language Buzz I mean return to <laughs> factory settings what a what a brilliant idea it's like Ken has to Ken gets up with a changeable monster face and they they get his instruction manual that's fucking that's a good mm. joke <laughs> That's a well laid joke. Yeah. If you're a dad in that audience or a mum, you're like, nice. <laughs> nice. Um, <clears throat> basically, uh, the toys are all thrown into a garbage chute trying to escape. They are forced onto a, into an incinerator where the toys stop fighting and embrace each other and welcome the sweet, sweet relief that only death can bring. 
Kids movie. Only joking. <laughs> the claw. The aliens show up and save him with a massive claw. Woody leaves a note for Andy, and Andy denotes all, donates all his toys to Bonnie, but he finds it hard to give up the cowboy. Before he leaves the college, Andy has one last play with Bonnie, enjoying his Woody one last time. Yes. Now, a couple of things in this. First off, Michael Keaton as Ken. I was going to say, I, when you talk about additions, I think of all these films, every one they've ad- added additionally to this. So you've got, uh, first of all, Ned Beatty as Lotso. He's, Always thought that was Albert Finney. They do have some voices. What I love about both of them is they they normally don't play, I wouldn't consider them, the voices they give are not villain voices. Mm. Well, maybe Albert Finney actually. <laughs> he's got, he's Albert got Finney probably could, but yeah. in this it's meant to be the... It's Teddy Bear. Yeah. Also, it's the first It's the first time a teddy bear has been done because despite the fact computer graphics had come so far, the one thing the last two films they couldn't do right was uh, hair on dolls and stuff like that. Hence, why on the third one they finally cracked it, they could have, for the first time, a teddy bear. And I think Lotso is a great villain because he's just like, I imagine he's the colonel in KFC. <laughs> just That's who he is. But you're right, uh, Michael Keane as Ken. He just, he just wants to get with Barbie because they're made for each other, yeah. which is a line that comes up quite a lot. But I'm going to say this as well. And I know that you're not a big fan of Timothy Dawn. <laughs> but if you're talking about Steen's healers, he plays a hedgehog who talks about, where did you go to acting? <laughs> and I think, it genuinely, when I was watching this week, I was like, fuck you, Timothy Dawn, for making me smile. I I think the, the third movie, is, uh, the whole nursery kind of bit is like, here we go again. It's like, you know, that, that really is rehashing the story. What makes the third one great, though, is the third act. Yeah. So... Even rarer to get a third movie in a trilogy to be as good as the first two, or at least touching the bar as close as the first two did. The, it's even harder to make sure that the third act sticks to the landing. And this third act, I remember being in the cinema as they go into that incinerator, thinking, "Yeah, I think this is the end." <clears throat> like, think, fucking hell, they're, they're going to do it. Like, they're going to kill them all off. I think I was, I was with a friend who had their daughter, and I remember thinking in my head, "This was my the inner monologue." I went, "So the toys that we've grown up watching." have all stopped fighting. Mm. They've all held hands together and are, are in fact waiting to die. And I was like, is this the end of the film? I was like, if this happens, I'm genuinely going to fucking cry. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> fucking deep. It's, and, done, and so, it's I, done so well as well. I don't know if I've ever had a sigh of relief as much as when that claw come in, which again is a great callback to the first movie, to the fans of the first movie, the release. I remember people cheering when that happened in this, a, a fucking animated film. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I wanted on that. It was, it was it, you. It was a moment where you just think you just you sat there going, "Oh, just watch this PG movie." Will I fuck? And then, <laughs> it's like like Star Wars has never done anything this motion wrecking. Yeah. It's fucking brought back memories of T two. I still watch that now. Don't go in the lava. We can work it out. <laughs> and um and then then just when you think the emotional roller coaster is done, he donates the toys to a kid yeah. that's going to use them and love them and play with them and they get a second lease of life. And he, he has one last play to say goodbye. Yeah. It's just a fucking brilliant ending. Such a good movie. I don't know. These Pixar people, James, I think they know what they're doing. They do. <laughs> I still, you know what, when you think back and all their morals, yeah. it fucking freaks the amount of times they brought me to tears. Like, genuinely, I, it's like, <sighs> when that girl in Inside Out gets on that, Gets out on that bus and yeah. they're trying to fight the uh, console. Like, don't make me feel things. <laughs> I just, just want to go to bed. Don't make me feel. Also, I'll tell you what they did. I'll tell you what they did. Um, they did miss a trick in this one. Is that there's obviously a cameo at the end of Sid from the first movie. He's, mm. now, a, he's now a garbage man. Yeah. And he 
straps Lotso onto the front of the truck and then it's basically like eternal damnation, isn't yeah, it? He's going to be there forever. Because he, he can't die, so he's just going to be on top of this truck until the truck explodes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but I think they missed the trip because what they said, like, so, okay, so Sid, Sid kind of had a rough upbringing. It's either that he turned his life around after the mutant toys went after him in the first movie or they're basically saying because he was a throwaway, he grew up to be a garbage man. Where I'm imagining a lot of people that work for the council in that, you know, it's like, it's a well-paid job. I'd, yeah, I'd, I was going to say, it's well paid. I'd fucking love to do that job. Yeah. Do you get to keep what you find? Yeah. I think you would. Well, if he, he did, he got I'm not, I'm not putting that in the truck, I'll put it in the front. Yeah. But they, they missed a trick where I think they should have, they should have passed Sid shooting up in the junkyard. <laughs> that's much That's much where his life was going. Yeah, Still yeah. haunted by the mechanical doll's heads thing. Still like did the you nightmares. Hear, did you hear that they wanted to turn Sid's toys into toys? Yeah, yeah. You're always like, why? <laughs> The fu- right, so so if you take your kid and you go, oh, which toy was like, and they pick the wrote the doll's head with spider legs, it's like you got a problem. Yeah, but it would have saved me making my own, which I did. <laughs> and also, James, you say that, but after the fourth movie, they turned Forky into a toy, a toy that in the first movie, in the fourth movie, is trash. They're then selling for nineteen ninety nine. Fucking love capitalism, don't you? I know that's that it, isn't it. If you ever need an example of capitalism, it's yeah. The the rubbish in that movie is now a toy that costs you twenty quid. Unbelievable. Made in China as well. But we're not here to talk about that. Not this week. Um, the third movie <laughs> Tune had... in next week for what we think's wrong with the world. <laughs> the uh, the third movie had no right to be as good as what it was. And James, I'll tell you what, nine years after that... Nine years is weird. I never thought they were going to stick the landing with Toy Story 4 when that movie came out. Toy Story 4, which landed in cinemas... Um, can I just tell you now? Mm, you I'm can not, tell me now. I, 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 didn't like, I didn't like this. This was announced. I didn't want to watch the trailer. I didn't want to watch this. Why? Because I thought third one, and this very rarely happens in a trilogy, a planned trilogy, or you know, three films. It actually ends well. Mm. It ends up perfectly. So this is There's the story. No the yeah. story. The story. The toys have gone on is they had Nona for two films. They basically outgrew them, and then the toys' natural cycle is basically whatever. What happens next? It's like it's like the afterlife, isn't it? That's what it is. It's a metaphor for what next. Well, they get a second turn. They mm. get here's a girl. She loves you. Toys. You get to go around one more time. And it's kind of like, and it's open left to you. It's like, well, what happened when Bonnie gets hot? It's up to you. You mm. decide. So fucking nine years later, to come out with a film that, tell, that tells you it's weird. Yeah, and and no one was expecting it to, to, again, could it possibly stick the landing like the previous three movies have done? Obviously, returning cast, we get all the original characters. This time, the storyline is taken a few months after the third movie, but it's actually nine years in our time. Woody and the gang go on a road trip with new owner Bonnie and her family, along with new toy, Forky. Yep. Created, born from Bonnie's creative imagination. Yeah, made out of trash. That that technically Woody gathered for us. Does that mean like Dud- Woody's the grandfather? Possibly. <laughs> I don't really know toy biology or genealogy. Forky's convinced he's trash and he doesn't understand his role in the world. Along the way, Woody is unexpectedly reunited with independent spirit Bo Peep and he Ooh. finds himself. That was just because she's missing from the third one. It's, 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 when we talked about missing, th- that she's one of the ones. So this, so, is, the this, gap, so this is pretty cool. Yeah. It's cool that they've done that. There's, it also seems like they actually had a plan, mm. though they didn't because this film's nine years later. That's <laughs> when it was made. But. Woody then finds himself at a crossroads, a decision to be made about his future and a future he never imagined. This film is about RVs, carnivals, lost toys, and museums full of antiques, including Gabby Gabby and Kit Kaboom, the Canadian uh, stunt driver, voiced by Keanu Reeves, who apparently was very animated in his audition. Yeah. So all the movements you know that he does, he's like, probably like Keanu Reeves was doing all that shit in his audition. I imagine, exactly. I bet they were like, you're Keanu Reeves, yes, you've got the part. He's a perfect casting, actually. Kit Kaboom. 
If you, if the fourth one, they needed they needed to bring out the big guns. They did, and and I think Keanu Reeves is is I, the big gun. I still I still think though that you've got a lot of. So here's the thing: the villain in this isn't really a villain. It's they played up as a villain, and there's I, a quid pro quo. It's a quid, quid. Yeah, it's very good. Um, but also I love the fact that the villains are ventrilo- the villain henchmen are ventriloquist dolls, like yeah. a nod. So that's what Woody was supposed to be. They're eerie. They're creepy as fuck. They are genuinely mm. quite creepy. Mm. Bo Peep's like a little action star. <clears throat> you know, she doesn't need Woody. She's she's in command. Woody's there along the ride, mm. along for the ride. It's like, you know, she's got her own little gang. I quite like that. Everything's fine. You've even got um, Jordan. It's not Jordan Peele. It's yeah, the other you, one, isn't so you've it? got Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele both doing the voice of the plush toys at the Carnival Fair. They were great additions. Yeah. And then you've got like an A-lister. Like um, Keanu Reeves coming in, but I still think that fucking Tony Hale, mate, knocks it out of the park with Forky. Forky, you just basically for the first what half an hour tries to kill him <laughs> yeah. constantly. It's actually really funny. It's like trash, you're trash. Yeah. Tony Hale, brilliant. Fucking deserves to be here, mate, because he was phenomenal. And I, I'm going to say this now, though. I'm a Tony Hale fan. I love him. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, in I'm, everything. I'm though, guessing. So. I'm guessing. Yeah. you're gushing right now. I'm gushing. Gushing and blushing. The the fourth movie, um, the whole inside the antique store stuff is glorious. There are 10,000 individual items in that antique store. That's cool, isn't it? You know, so when you think about nine years bringing this movie out, yes, you need to allow time because if you bring these movies out rapidly, that's when you get like Cars 4. No one needs to see that. Um, <laughs> Cars 4 boot control, out of the way. <laughs> uh, you know, th- this needed time and, uh, and, and you know, to bring in a new generation as well, which is really smart. You know, if we, if we play the long game, we might get another movie in uh, 2027. So... Ooh. We might get one in five more years' time. But Toy Story 4, for me, is the first bit I was like, okay, Forky. When I was in the cinema, I wasn't convinced with the Forky character. Straight away, alarm bells, you're like, right, here's the new merchandise, here's the new character, you know, here's the baby Yoda of the Toy Story world. But the moment they got to the antique store bit, I was like, this shit I'm all about. The Kit Kaboom stuff, the kind of getting the key, you know, realising that Gabby Gabby is like any other toy that wants to be loved and she's not villainous, but she needs something in return. And it's it's also the other way around. Normally it's the kid that falls in love with the toy, but this toy is kind of like chosen the girl. And it's like, mm. I want that girl to love me. Yeah. And that's that's different. It's weird. It's unique. I want it. It's got some <clears> good uh, comedy angle from, um, from Ducky and, is it Bunny? The, yeah. The... the uh, the, the peeling key characters who are, I think are really good additions. They're really good when they go through their stories about how they'll do something. Yeah. <laughs> and then when brain. you see what they actually did. Yeah. It's fucking, and then they've got obviously the, the, and then the post credit scene. Yeah, it's like, how did you get that key? And then they tell you the story and then he's fucking cheese pumps in there. <laughs> and then there's the uh, the post credit scene which I thought was absolutely funny as out as well. But the, uh, um, massive lack of um, Buzz Lightyear though. Buzz Lightyear is uh, like, an, like an also ran in this yeah. film for the first for the first time using maybe in the third one it disappears a little I think but. you could say I think you could say all of the um, the you know the, I suppose the you know the Ham the Rex all of those characters are, yeah. are massively underutilised in this movie which is in part because again as we said at the top of the show some of them have passed away by this point but also it is about it is about Woody and Bo Peep that's that's the storyline of this one yeah um, and you have to move some characters away to allow big characters like Kit Kaboom to come into it who who I love as well has got his own self doubt you know in his own inner demons here's for you in, Renier yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah was it Rajon or whatever Rajon yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. doing this for you Rajon <laughs> I could watch a whole Kit Kaboom show like if they turn that, I know they've just done the Baby Groot show. Yeah. Um. On you know all the shorts on Disney, 
I, I would so watch a Kickaboom limited series. So would I, see. Oh, but, so but, it, but it's got to be proper dark. <laughs> like yeah. his best friend's OD'd. Yeah, his <laughs> best friend like died in a, in a burning crash. <laughs> no! <laughs> evil Knievel. Kaboom! Um, yeah, so I, I, I really, 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 really like this movie again. I mean, it was bright, it was colourful. It's it had It had a sense as well of like, you know, not the peril like the third movie. Like that's up there. That that, yeah. that that is peril at the end of that third movie. You know, the fir- the first one, yeah, they might move and forget the toys. You know, the second one, he might become a collectible. The, the third one was like it's the third one. In the third one, they accept death. Yeah. Whereas this one is like give in. There is a good <laughs> stake in this one. There is a time, you know, they've got to get mm. there. And it is down to the wire. And it is again really, really enjoyable. And and then I didn't I didn't see the ending coming as well. You know, spoilers, yeah. what he chooses not to go with the rest of it. He parts. It does lead way to a another movie later down the line yeah. that he ever chose to, um, of them all being reunited or, or you know, of something. But it, you know, essentially, Woody becomes free. He becomes free of any of, of any Andy, any Bonnie, any owner. He does. There's, there's also this weird thing as well that um, he passes the torch on as well. Like so, really on, he's not being played with. Bonnie doesn't play with him, and that in a way kind of dilutes the choice. Because the film opens and Bo Peep gets sold when Andy's still around as a child and he's still being played with and he has the option to go with Bo Peep and he doesn't. Mm. And there's your choice. Later, when he makes the choice, Bonnie doesn't really play with Woody. And like in the opening scene, she takes the sheriff's badge of him and gives it to Jesse. And Jesse, later in the film, in like the side story, if you will, in the secondary story, she becomes very, she gets to shit done. She's the one that's in control. People listen to her. She's the one that's in a, in a quite funny scene breaking the car mm. so that they have to go back. Uh, a great scene with a sat-nav, which I love, because we've all I been like a sat-nav yeah. and had an argument with a sat-nav. But, um, but she becomes like the new Woody. Jessie's the new sheriff, you know. She gives the badge back, but then she shouldn't have done that. Uh, oh, no, is she... Politics, mate. Politics, mate. But yeah, you're right. I suppose in looking at it in, in retrospect, it was natural for Woody to step down. He knows yeah. his role, is, he's got it. Yeah. In the other ones, he's always fighting for it back, is he? He's always fighting to be the leader. He's always fighting to be the mayor, the town captain, the sheriff. And I think by this one, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm giving up. Next time we see him, jean jacket, mate. <laughs> he's, he's fucking woody. Double denim. Woody relaxed, mate. He doesn't need yeah, do Pajamas. Yeah. There you go. Baggy hoodies. No, you know, living the, living the married life to Bo Peep. You know, I, Saving I, toys. Yeah, I really liked it. I really liked the fourth one. Not as good as the first three, but... I've got to admit. Still enough redeeming qualities. The ventriloquist goals, Gabby Gabby. And the uh, and Kit Kaboom and the plush dolls of Bunny and um, and Ducky. It's acceptable. Make this film work. It's acceptable, but I think the third one was a better way to end it. And I will always. I don't understand. I did watch this film. Don't understand how this got the Oscar over Spider Man Into Spider Verse. It's not you. You've done wrong. Yeah, that yeah. is definite wrong. <laughs> you've, you've done wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Don't want to be that guy. No, but, but they have to. But, but the academy. No, I will be that guy. James. <laughs> I will be that guy. But the academy got one. One. Wait, hold got on. Got one the, wrong. They got the, the, just the one. Just the one wrong. <laughs> just okay. the one. Hold the phone, James. <laughs> you think about it. They've had like spitting truth today. Like hundred years of correct decisions until you know. Obviously, this one. that's the one that broke broke the camel's back. Yeah, yeah. it's like there's enough. Enough is enough. Yeah, they massively, it, you know, hit it, it hit the wrong fucking goal with that one, didn't they? Anyway. Into Lightyear. So oh, Light- I was just going to say, you know what? You had four great films. Let's be honest, I don't like the fourth one, but it's still a very good film. So you know what the fan base was screaming out for? What's the film that the toy Toy Story is based on? Said no one. Said no one. Yeah, so 
I don't get where this came from. When they announced it, because I, I didn't know it was in the in the pipeline. Yeah. The first I saw of it was a poster that said Lightyear, and it was like the story of the the story of the toy. I thought it was a TV series. It would have worked as a TV series. Like there was an animated series, wasn't there, for a bit, I'm sure. I'm sure it was just going to be that. Yeah, now with Disney at the moment as well, this is one of those films that cinema to um, Disney Plus in a matter of weeks. I was amazed that this is on Disney Plus as soon as it is. Mm. Wasn't going to go watch this one at the cinema, um, you know, given that I don't get to the cinemas often now because of having a kid. But To be honest, there's no point because if it's got Disney in the front of it, you're like saying two weeks, you're going to be able to see it for, well, not for free because you pay your thing anyway. As James says, this is the story of Buzz Lightyear. The film, the, these, and the, so I didn't know what it was. So obviously, I knew it was a prequel of some kind, and I knew it was somehow that inspired the toy. But I thought it was like going to be the real life astronaut that inspired the toy. But at the beginning, it's like this is the film that inspired the toy in a film universe about a toy, and I'm like, all right, okay, fine. Can I just say that this film is is marketed towards children yeah it's a film within a film <laughs> so, the, so, this film is, so this film is like kids will love this have this at the beginning that's what I get <laughs> kids won't like this and even adults who grew up with them are like we don't need this yeah it's like Chris yeah. Evans this time coming in to uh, to voice uh, Buzz himself it also has Kiki Palmer in it uh, Peter Son Taika Waititi and believe it or not James Brolin it's weird isn't it that is weird so, um, no, so, no, so who's Tim Allen voicing you didn't say his name don't make any sense, this does is, it? <laughs> this is the this is the first time I'm going to say this, James. I thought Tim Allen should have been in this movie. <laughs> I've I've never said that line ever. Well, well he's, he's the dog, or whatever that. Was. Oh yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> he was like he was shaggy dog, shaggy dog with, <laughs> with, with Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah. Um, like Disney's got blackmail on fucking everyone, and <laughs> it. I it would have made more sense if been Tim Allen because one, there's there's the connection between the character, and two, like if you bought. If you bought a toy yeah. from a film yes. that had a voice yep. and it didn't sound like the voice in the film... You'd take it back. You'd take it back. <laughs> you'd so go, why... You'd go, you'd go wish knockoff. <laughs> Wish.com yeah. knockoff. Yeah, you're like, you're like, hold on, my toy sounds like a 55-year-old and in this movie it sounds like a chiseled <laughs> Captain America. It doesn't sound like he's hopped up on drugs at all. <laughs> Storyline of this is uh, the, a maroon hell. space ranger, Buzz Lightyear, who encounters a, an army of ruthless robots commanded by... Uh, Zerg, who we obviously know from the Toy Story franchise, um, who are attempting to steal his fuel source. This is a story about Buzz Lightyear trying to get home after being stranded and, like I say, marooned on a distant planet. Oh, yeah, that's a very good job of summing it up. What about like the time dilations and the fact that he goes into space and for every four minutes, four years passes? That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's not interstellar, is it's, it? It's not interstellar. Also, what's really weird is marketed at children. Yeah. <laughs> just... I was quite bored in this movie. I was quite bored, James. It was quite a labour getting through this film. I didn't help that I wasn't really that keen about watching it anyway. I like Chris Evans. I love Taika Waititi. I really wanted to like the voice acting it, but it didn't have any comedy to it, really. Buzz Lightyear as a character isn't really likeable or relatable. He's an asshole. He's like like Hollywood's favourite. He's a maverick. (laughs) And there's a point where you think, stop being a maverick because you're yeah. fucking about with the space-time continuum. Um, there is obviously a few characters. Zerg actually is really good in this. He and is I don't good. mean that because it's James Rowland. I just mean what they do with that character. Zerg is actually really good and terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. Makes sense. But I, but also, don't if you're a child of like, hey, what the fuck is this film about? Like genuinely, you wouldn't have a clue, mm. would you? You'd be like, eh? Yeah, so I have like, um, I have like nephews that love Toy Story. They're, they're like, you know, 
five and eight mm. love Toy Story. If they watch Lightyear, they wouldn't get it. Exactly. They wouldn't be like, oh yeah, that's why is Zerg acting like that? And why is Buzz Lightyear not funny? It's, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> why is it my, so serious? My, do you know what I don't understand? What I don't understand is, right? So you 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 make the film and I make the toys. I see that film and I go, do you know what? I'm going to make like this toy have catchphrases that the real Buzz Lightyear doesn't use. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have all this stuff. I'm gonna make him like comedy. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna write this thing on the back of his box that has nothing to do with this film that I've just seen. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's beautiful. It's, the animation's fantastic. There's some great set sequences. There is some comedy in it, not from Buzz, but the socks, the character, the the robotic yeah, cat, funny. is really funny. There's a scene where he, where he goes, uh, he goes. Buzz, would you like white noise? And he's like, yes, please. And he does this white noise sound that's so creepy but funny. Um, I really like Socks the Cat. I, I would have watched again a whole movie on him. Uh, if, you, if you like the joke that old women aren't supposed to be like psychopaths, there's a, there's a joke that they stretch out mm. for about an hour and a half in this. And there are some, you know, the, the, it is about, you know, the ragtag team, you know, the platoon of, of the forgotten soldiers kind of banding together, the misfits having to save the day. And there is elements to it that are quite enjoyable. But on the whole, I was like, I'm just really not interested in this. If it was like, a, a, if it was a Pixar standalone space movie. Maybe. Then maybe, yeah. You know, and, and you know, you could have that same kind of storyline but not attach it to the franchise's Toy Story as a standalone. Then there's probably something there because you could be more creative with the characters and the look and all that kind of thing. But yeah, on the whole, I, d- I, didn't, I didn't really find it. It does get better towards the end. I will say that. The more Zerg that comes into it and the more the storyline develops, it did get better towards the end. But the first 20 minutes was painful of like, this isn't good. This, I really didn't really kind of, I, it wasn't for me, this movie. Beautiful. There's a, there's a point in it where Buzz um, fast forwards his 22 years and I was jealous <laughs> that I, I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't gone forward and missed it. I fucking hate this one. I thought it was crap. I just thought they slapped something on it that just didn't be like, I'm not saying it's bad. Like you say, it's, it's gorgeous. It's how far it's come. Mm. Um, and it's weird that you feel like, this week I've watched Toy Story 1 and I've seen Buzz Lightyear and the way that, they don't even use humans in the first Toy Story because they look creepy. They look like hand drawings come to come alive in some sort of nightmare engine. To the point now that you can do a, a film like this, animated humans, it, and they're gorgeous. Mm. So it's really it's really cool. But at the same time, what's weird is how their ability to tell a story is so completely different. And somehow the world where toys come to life is more realistic than whatever the fuck it was I saw for nearly two hours on the Disney Channel mm. the other day. It was bad. Yeah. I really didn't like it. It also it doesn't make any sense. I imagine no one within the Toy Story team had anything to do with that Buzz Lightyear because it, they, they couldn't have done because they're two completely different characters. Mm. And I know one of them's a toy. <laughs> yeah, but and one of them's one... more human. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's fucking weird. It's weird that Tim Allen's better at something than another actor. That is odd, isn't it? <laughs> it's weird. Do you, can you imagine if they're also like, oh, we're going to do a Western they inspired the toy of Woody. And it, and it turns out it's just fucking unforgiven. Yeah, I'll make that. I'm all over that. <laughs> and then it's just the scenes where was the sheriff is it? So it'd be like um, Gene Hackman's been edited out. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, just but it'll, fucking be, Woody. it'll be Tom Holland doing the voice of Woody. <laughs> it'd be odd, wouldn't it? I'd watch the fuck out of that film. I would be the midnight screening, mate. <laughs> I, I want to see this film so bad on Woody. Toy Story, the, the original four movies are four of the best. I do not and I cannot think of another film franchise where the four movies are as good as this. May, maybe maybe something like 
the Hunger Games, but then again, part three, so part two or three, part one or three was a bit lame. I suppose you could say a huge saga like the for Harry Potter's, but then again, there are low, the lowest points of the first four Toy Stories are still peaks. Yeah, they're still it, best. Like you look at a, a huge saga like the the Alien movies, that fourth one and the third one are a bit unforgivable. You look at things like um, Die Hard, you, you know that 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 second one and the fourth one are mm. nowhere near as good as one and three. You know, it, it, it certainly is on par. All, all four of their movies are have a really, really solid place in cinema history. And it's gone. In my history. And it's, yeah, then I was going to say that. I was going to say it's part of your history. We grew up with those. It, it was the first of its kind and it gave birth to lots. And weirdly, it's the best of its kind. Mm. Toy Story is, is... So there are films that become a narrative, a genre definer. So oh, you should go see this action film. It's very John Wisk. You, you, you say that as well. You should go see this film. Is very Toy Story esque, and that's that's it became part of our vernacular. That's how popular and how well loved these films are. Mm. It's like to to be to to to, oh my, to be a Toy Story is is something to want to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Reach yeah. for the stars, baby. I and it's funny you said you said it. Number one, I don't go back too often. Two, I do go back to. Three, fucking, I need to be ready for. And when my kids wants to watch, it, I'll be like. Yes, oh, you, need to, you need to get ready for this ending. Um, before I would watch because it's that four kind of goes back to its roots of being like it's not life or death, it, but there is stakes, there is peril. They're all gorgeous though. I can't keep, I can't say that enough. They are stunning movies. Mm. Um, you know, and each time Pixar breaking the boundaries, and it's amazing that these films haven't been nominated for way more Oscars than what they mm. what they have gone for. Like because- the second one. When the second one came out, there wasn't a best animated picture category. In the I believe Oscars. the first one, um, the director got best special. Like it's like just special recognition because mm. they they brought this achievement to life. Um, quickly, it's short. I quite like them. They're always like self-contained, twenty yeah. minutes. So is they're pretty good. I've seen the one about dinosaurs, and I've seen the horror one. And often Tom Hanks's brother does the voices, doesn't he? I did hear that. Yeah, That's I, think cool. he, I think he did the voice of all the toys. Oh, that's cool. Because they've got a very similar voice. Um, cool. Well, any, I, any any other films this week before we close off, sign off? There's a, there's a film I really, really... Uh, I saw it a few years ago. It's called... Uh, it's about this woman, this girl who has a terrible time in secondary school. She gets bullied all the time. I really hate the film. It's called Tall Girl. She gets bullied because she's tall. And I was like, that doesn't happen. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because I didn't realise I had a sequel. Like, I was watching this week and got 35 minutes into it before I rage quit television. <laughs> Tall Girl 2. Tall Girl 2. She's still tall and she's still having issues. Taller. And tall it, Girl 2. No, taller. it's just Tall Girl They don't even uh. go tallest or taller. No, it, no, the third would be tallest. That, the superlative would come. You'd have either way, mate. The it's comparative not like, first. Well, they probably, this, the, the film writing is so dumb, they probably call it Tall Girl 5. <laughs> Look who's taller now. That's the fourth. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hallmark in with everything that's wrong in the world. Being tall isn't something to worry about. Do you know what? I don't know if it's a gender thing or if it's a generational mm. thing, but do you know I'm tall. And everyone loves me because I'm tall because I can get things for them. Yeah, can you imagine that? Like, oh, you're tall, you're giant. He's yeah, like, like, yeah, and Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So I raised oh, quick God. Netflix and I've decided one of them's going to go. I've got, I, I can't afford, in this world we're all cutting belts, one of them's got to go. Out of what? Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. Maybe we should turn that into a show. Yeah, in, in possibly. Yeah, Which we'll, one would you get, get rid of? Get someone in and they can find the corner of one. But mm. I think one of them's got to go. And obviously wait until after September the 6th. Cobra Kai. And then after that, my decision might be made, mate. If it's last series, there's nothing keeping me on Netflix. Harsh words to end on. Uh, I've I've watched this week. Uh, I watched Jackass Four, Jackass Forever. 
mm. which has now come out on uh, Sky Cinema, now TV. Should we do a play by play? <laughs> uh, I mean, there's nothing really to say. It's just, it's, it follows the Jackass formula of montage sequences. But obviously, for Jackass being something that, again, spans over 20 years now, um, this one, they do bring in new blood. So they bring in like a new generation because they're all in their 50s. They can't, other than Johnny Knoxville, who apparently can still get hit and ran over by bulls and all sorts of stuff. Um, the others are very tame. Like Chris Pontius doesn't do anything mm. in in uh, in this film. He's always in the background. Obviously, Bam Margera controversially uh, is in one scene, but then was shit canned from the whole movie due to his addictions. Steve-O does a few things, but doesn't do a lot. Johnny Knoxville still, like I say, takes one from a bull. Um, well, they are old, aren't they? Yeah, for the most part, they get a young blood in a new group who kind of do the physical stuff. It, it was nowhere near as funny. And it, I don't know whether it's just because I've... I, I know, because I haven't matured. I know I haven't matured, but... Dave, one of the one of the best parts you said about Toy Story Two was the fart joke. Exactly, there <laughs> so. we go. So, but um, it, it, it's it, I didn't find it anywhere near as funny. There, I did laugh out loud at a few scenes, and there are some gross bits in it. Of course, there's a lot of male nudity in it, as as always is. But um, you know, like there's so, some bits in the previous ones that were funny, like the giant hand stuff. I don't know if you remember that where they yes, they, they hid the, it, yeah. yeah. And it's like you know, so there, I like the funny jokes rather than the like the you know like. There was a program in the UK called like Dirty Sanchez, which is like yeah. the Welsh version of yeah, Jackass. They just, just like hammered each other's eyes. Yeah, it, it was just <laughs> it was just pain inflicted stuff. Whereas Jackass was always funny that resulted in pain. Mm. Um, you know, and this this one it does go back to like I'm always less inclined to enjoy the like, oh yeah, you know this is I'm going to try and get stung by a scorpion or whatever. Yeah, versus the big practical jokes. Like, like one of my favorite things is are they trying to. There's no jet engine and they're trying to walk past it or yeah. something. Trying to have That's funny. But then another scene, someone just poos. Yeah, it, yeah. It, like dressed as a hill. There are just, a couple of bits <laughs> in this that are funny where like he dresses, John Oxford dresses as an old bloke and then he lays on this like mattress, big air bed thing. And another one, and it's in like a big department store. Yeah. And then uh, one of the larger chaps is up here, like he's he's pretending he's a worker and he climbs a ladder and then he falls on the other end of it, which catapults Johnny Knoxville into the ceiling. And that is that was genuinely laugh out loud, like that's fucking genius. Like he pulls all the roof down and stuff. It's like in the second one, the second movie starts with him going and hiring a car and then taking it to a destruction yes. derby and then taking it back to the car. <laughs> and get money back. <laughs> and like, they're the ones that I always found were really funny. The, the real reaction stuff. Or the ones where like someone goes in the portaloo and it blows up, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah, this one just wasn't wasn't as funny. It was nice to see the gang back together and, you know, the... the maybe, kind do, of, maybe do a Q&A. <laughs> they, you know, they still be together and they won't have to take mountains yeah. of abuse. Um, I've also watched the first episode of She-Hulk, which I, I think is probably going to take a couple of episodes to really warm into because, I mean, it's great. It's got some good comedy in it. I like that, I won't give any spoilers away, but the first episode really kind of gives you all the need to know stuff. Mm. So it's not like, you know, like even though I love shows like Daredevil, you know, which I think is a perfect show, it really does take a while for him to put the suit on and be yeah. like, right, this one's like- It's a whole series, doesn't it? Yeah, this one at the very beginning is like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Hulk and this is how it happened. And then, so we're pretty much up to speed at the end of the first episode. Um, Tatiana uh, Maslany, who's playing Jennifer Waters, who's the cousin of Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner. You know, there's an accident that causes their blood to mix. She then gets the gamma radiation. She's also got the same genetic- uh, um, DNA Maybe, yeah. that make up that means that she doesn't die from it and actually you know turns her into a Hulk that's okay but she learns the skills that took uh, Bruce Banner you know 15 years to harness she gets almost immediately she's certainly a more advanced Hulk yeah um, she always was though wasn't she the comic book character was always Hulk she's never in like human form she's yeah and she's a lawyer you know she's always like, are, she, I think she's one of the smartest she's 
up there with like Mr. Fantastic or it, something. It, like. What it, what it is is it, what, what's really good about it is it's almost like Disney. It's really weird when you, something you watching is now self-referencing itself and correcting itself, and you're thinking. Normally, it takes a generation recasting to right wrongs or to address like errors and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. You know, like, and it's really weird that we're still in the MCU universe and we're now getting like TV shows where they're now referencing very early things like the fact that Edward Norton was originally the Hulk, you know, and um, it has things like he calls himself Smart Hulk and they're like, oh, who came up with that? He goes, I didn't, other people did. It's now stuck. It's got a lot of like wall breaks mm. that. It really seemed like they're trying to make it mature, but what you're watching is two big green things. You know what I mean? It's like, and <laughs> you know, and the reference in the spandex and stuff is like, this is your new best friend. You know, it's referencing the fact that he doesn't ever break out of his underwear. Yeah. Um, it, I think it will go places, but it, it doesn't end. The first episode to me didn't end on a high. It has a uh, Jamila Jamal in it, who I remember growing up, she was like a big TV interviewer. She was on like a lot of like T4 programs. She's in it and she comes into the end of the first episode and her it's, re it's really bad. Like when she comes in, she like kicks down the wall and like starts taking names, but then she Hulk like knocks her out pretty quickly. And you're like, oh, that was a bit lame. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. it, I think it's just going to take a few episodes to find its feet. And all of them have so far. Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision took three or four episodes to get what it was doing. WandaVision was a slow burn. It was like, you had to wait till episode three to really kind of get what the arcing story was. My problem with WandaVision was it let me down. Like, <clears throat> it asked all these questions. And I, I think it was designed to be like a... It, it was designed to get the audience to ask questions like what's going on, like the casting of a brother being Eric Pierce. Mm. Was it Eric Pierce? Evan Pierce, yeah. Evan Pierce, um, who obviously played Quicksilver in the X-Men. So that's why people... But then it turns out it had nothing to do with it. Mm. And then and then that really irritated me. It's like, oh, they're fucking pricks. Um, they're still not interested. Uh, I'll, I'll wait till they're all there. You know, I might watch them. Mm. MCU's... And it's nothing against it. MCU's knocking out great films. I've really liked Thor. I've really liked Doctor Strange. I just, I'm not that interested. Mm. I've got super fatigued to the point now I don't even say so. I just like, I'm not that. I'm on the pod. Ant-Man. I love Ant-Man. I love Paul Rudd. Probably might not watch in the big cinema. I'll probably just wait till it comes on TV. Oh, no, I'm definitely watching. Ah, oh, just not interested. Although with Disney Plus, it'll probably on be telly two weeks yeah, later. Yeah, like, like two days, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think Nope. I want definitely want to go see Nope at some point. I still want to see Bullet Train that you reviewed last week. Yeah, Sounds very exciting. <laughs> If maybe I can get a double bill of the two, but nope, I definitely want to go see this week. I do want to go see nope. There's a new TV. It's not new, sorry, but I finally got my hooks into a TV series made by Jesse Armstrong, who made Peep Show. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, is from his Lincolnshire lad, or he's near from from Lincolnshire, and he, he's got this multi. He, it's for HBO. Stars Brian Cox and the other smart brother. Not not Mark Smart. Oh, not Mark Smart. The other Mark Strong. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Mark Strong. Um, and it's about Brian Cox. Jeremy Strong. Jeremy Strong, sorry, yes. He owns like this massive multimedia business and Brian Cox won't step down. It's about the family interactions of like trying to own a business. And it's like, it's, it's dark comedy. There's no comedy. It's a great drama. What's it called? It's called Succession. Oh yeah, Succession. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I finally got around to seeing that. I'm fucking loving it. Yeah, I did hear Brian Cox was turning heads with that. Really, really, good. really yeah. good. So he's got three series in. They're on that Sky. I didn't realise he was Scottish. Are you joking? Yeah. All right, yeah. I didn't know he was Scottish. Yeah, Brian Cox is, yeah. Yeah, no, well, I obviously know him from like, you know, like Hannibal Lecter and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, he's kind of like his American work. No, that's true. Actually, yeah, it's a good point. Never, never heard his native tongue. It's like mm. a lot of Americans don't realize Christian Bell's Welsh. Yes, but he, I still don't remember. I still, mm. I'm still like, no, he's not. Look at him. He's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm um, getting that and it's, it's brilliant, mate. Mm. It's brilliant. Yeah, I'm still watching Under the Banner of Heaven on uh, on Star. 
We Own Andrew the Night. Garfield. We Own the Night, yeah. Yes, film. Is that a TV series you love? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. The, the, um, it's got John Bethnal. John Bethnal. No, I haven't seen it yet. I've, I've started, I've got 20 minutes into the first episode, realise I'm really going to love this. I have, Men- su- I have succession on the go. I can't do both. Yeah, it's, it's from the creator of the good. writer, uh, of The Wire, which yeah. I, which I'm a huge fan of. So, yeah, so I think at the minute the small screen's got so much to keep me entertained at the minute that maybe. House of Dragons uh, on the way. House of Dragons. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be the first episode out as well. Mm. Oh my God. Oh my God. Good times. Good times indeed. Um, I think that's our show. Are we doing the crow next? Well, we do. We might do the crow because we've seen it. Because <laughs> so, we were going to do the crow. So let's do it. Um, before we start that, I just got a quick, just just to see where we are. Best character from Toy Story. I'm going to go Ham. Unsurprisingly, mate, I'm going Ham. I don't know what it was. Ham. Ham gets me. I think uh, from from uh, original OG characters. Yeah. Probably going. Maybe it is Woody. Yeah. Maybe. Up, in yeah. my heart is with Woody. Best villain? Stinky Pete. The prospect. Stinky Pete, obviously. Oh, so good. Kelsey Grammer gives something that's not. Best edition. I'm going to surprise myself here and go for the fourth. But I'm going Forky because I genuinely loved, I loved it's the performance of Forky. Yeah. Um, and Vault. I would say probably all four because of the journey that you go on. Yeah, I think they're a collection. They're a collection. I think you've got to put all four in the vault. Uh, but we are cutting off the limb, the disease limb that is buzz like, yeah, and it can die outside. Not not for the not for the pit, mm. but but no, you're not coming in the vault. Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear is the equivalent of every crow sequel. <laughs> See you next week. See you next the week. There's our lead. Um I, I said I was going to get you birthday present. I'm going to do it off air instead of doing it oh, okay, in, in the show. That's good because I need to pee. <laughs> well, let's see you later. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Goodbye.